Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Where to begin? We're going to begin with three big negatives, and not necessarily in any order, but let's start. You know, we look at last night, two of the three teams that I'm going to be negative about played. We'll start with the Oilers, shut out at home 6 nothing. seven consecutive losses all in regulation. This is a team that was in first place. This is a team that won 14 of their first, what, uh, 19 games, and now they've completely fallen out of it. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with Dave Tippett. Rumor has it that his job is safe for now, probably because they got a game against Calgary on national television, which could basically be the death knell for Tippett, right? An eighth consecutive loss, uh, second game of a doubleheader uh, against their arch rivals on Hockey Night in Canada, and the game being at home. They're already throwing jerseys on the ice, shut out by the Panthers six to nothing. Panthers are a good team, but it was just there was nothing there. And you've got so many good players, and is it all Dave Tippett's fault? Probably not. It's not always the coach's fault, but there's only so many things you can do. And you just figure that has Tippett lost the room, or do you just make the move because there's just nothing happening here? The frustration level is off the charts. And what you got to do if you're to be careful if you're Edmonton is that you don't want to start ticking off your stars. And it's been suggested on this show via Twitter, like when does Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid start to complain about, hey, I don't want to be in Edmonton anymore. I want a chance to win. Do you want to see something like that? Do you want to see a James Harden situation? Now, I don't know if those players would do that because it doesn't seem to happen in hockey the way it does in other sports. But still, this is a dumpster fire. Just there's no other way around it. And if Tippett goes and do you go to Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid and say, who do you want the coach to be? That's always a dangerous proposition. But at the same time, you know, making them part of the process seems to be the 21st uh, century way of doing things. So Tippett uh, may survive the weekend, but maybe not beyond that. Flyers, they lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets 2-1. to one. They now have had two separate 10-game winless streaks so far this season. Do you know how difficult that is to do? The Philadelphia Flyers have completely bottomed out. The Flyers have played 40 games, and half of those games have been 10-game winless streaks. It's incredible. Now, they've already changed the coach. I don't think Yo is the answer. He's probably just an interim. Now, do you go and pry Rick Tockett away from TNT, like has been suggested? Do you just let it play out this season? The big thing, the big change is Claude Giroux. He, he is a movable piece. This team is desperate for a rebuild. It seems like every move they've made has not worked. Broussard hasn't been able to get on the ice. Ellis has not been able to get on the ice. They're not getting the goaltending that they were really hoping to get uh, it's just been, you know, an absolute unmitigated disaster, and it just reeks of a complete blow up here. And the piece that they have that they can move either now or at the deadline that can really bring something back to be this cornerstone of that rebuild would be to move Claude Giroux. So I would expect that to happen. I would think it would happen at the deadline, maybe sooner, um, because we're going to go through a break here. The NHL has changed the schedule for February with there being no. 
Olympic break, but there's still going to be a lot of downtime. Look at the Rangers are going to play a full two weeks without a game. They're going to play on February 1st at home against the Florida Panthers, will not play again until the 15th of February when they play host to Boston. So you're going to have a lot of downtime, a lot of chances to be able to move some pieces in so you can hit the ground running if you're a team that trades for Claude Giroux when you come back for what ends up being the glorified all-star break, right? Because there's no Olympic break. Uh, some teams will get the break. Some teams, like Canadian teams, may be making up a lot of games. Um, I think it will be top-heavy possibly in the latter stages of February with some of the Canadian home games. It sounds like Ontario somewhere in the final week of February will go to 50% capacity and somewhere in the middle of March go to 100%. So can't make all the games up in a week, and since they're going to go to full capacity, it looks like in the middle of March, you'll see some of the makeups be late in the season. But there's going to be some teams that are going to play a ton of games, like Montreal's got nine games to make up. The Islanders have a ton of games to make up as well. Um, you'll see those teams play in a team like the Rangers who only had four makeups, and one of those games has already moved to March 17th, the Islander game, with only three games to make up in that three-week span, a little over three weeks. Um, the Rangers won't have a lot of games to play, just the 15th, the 17th, and the 20th of that gap. So there'll be a lot of time. Not saying the Rangers are going to trade for Claude Giroux, just saying that a team like that could do it uh, while they're idle. And... Listen, anybody that knows and has listened to this podcast, I grew up a Devil fan, and, and, and clearly my allegiances have changed being a play-by-play voice for the Rangers, and so I kind of root for all three teams. I want to talk hockey on the Michael K. Show and all that. Uh, it's really a disgrace what's happened in there in New Jersey. I mean, this has been the longest rebuild in the history of anything. And, and when you look at all the young players that they bring on that team, and I know they've had COVID issues, and I know their goaltending has been garbage. Blackwood has not been good when he has actually been healthy and not in COVID protocol. But let's be honest, um, when, when is it going to happen? You know, it seems like every year we're excited about the Devils because of all their young players, and it, it doesn't materialize. I mean, this team has played 38 games and have won just 14 of them. They're a minus 25 goal differential, and when is it going to happen? Now, is it, is it coaching? Is it general manager? I don't know what it is. I'm not close enough to the situation to kind of pinpoint exactly what the problem is, but this has been a long rebuild. This team has won one playoff game, not a series, one playoff game in the last decade. When they went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to the Kings in six games in 2012, this team has gone to the playoffs once and lost in five games to Tampa. And that was the year where Taylor Hall went crazy and won the MVP. So this was a once proud organization that consistently made the playoffs and kind of set the gold standard. But since Lou left, there has been no standard. It has been a constant rebuild. Um, we've had two different general managers in there, whether it's Fitzgerald. Before him, it was Shiro. Uh, I don't know when the patience finally runs out here or what they do, but it is kind of a mess what's happening right now with uh, this once great kind of stable franchise. And because there's so much more attention on what the Rangers do and, and the Islanders and how good they've been over the last couple of years, it kind of gets ignored. But uh, it's a 10-year it's a rebuild, a bunch of different directions, different coaches, different general managers, and nothing seems to stick and it's really just a shame what's happening there in New Jersey so I figure we start off with a little bit of uh, a negative uh, you look at the positives um, Boston with a win although they're going to lose Marshan now for a week because of a lower body injury stars with a nice comeback over the Sabres five to four and this is why you don't bet hockey people because goaltenders can make a difference and no better example of that than in Vegas with the Golden Knights winning four three over Montreal Montreal hung in this game and the reason they hung basically was because of the tremendous goaltending from Montembeau, who made, what, 50, um, 50 saves in the game. So when you bet hockey, 
you're thinking who's better than who? Vegas, home, Montreal, struggling, coming off a win against Dallas, not going to win two in a row. What happens? The goaltending is just the, the big X factor, and that's what's happening there. Preds continue to be hot. Avalanche win again, 4-1 over the Los Angeles Kings. That story is growing by the day. Tough loss for the Sharks in Seattle against the Kraken. Remember, uh, San Jose's got that last playoff spot out west, but it's precarious because they have played six more games than Calgary, and Calgary's only two points back. So Calgary's got the 600 winning percentage, a plus 22 goal differential. Meanwhile, San Jose, they played some more games, so they got more points. They've got a 537 win percentage, and they are minus 10 goal differential. So time is eventually going to run out on San Jose, and Calgary is going to take over first place. Um, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll go over the schedule in just a bit for tonight, and we'll also get your tweets in at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. But I want to give right now the top five, and let's start with number five, and let's give it to the New York Rangers. The Rangers have played some tremendous hockey. There was a big win against Toronto at Madison Square Garden on Wednesday night when they were down 2 nothing and then 3-1 at the end of one, and I told you the final score was going to be 6-3. You would have just bet the house that the Leafs would be the team that would win 6-3. So they're getting tremendous goaltending from Shostorkin, Kreider has just been amazing, 25 goals. Fox is just a, a multiple point almost every single night. This Rangers team is really putting it together, and they deserve to be uh, number five. Number four, let's give it to Carolina, and that's why tonight's game is going to be just so interesting. Carolina is all but in first place. They are two points back of the Rangers for first in the Metropolitan Division with four games in hand and four games with the Rangers, plus their goal differentials at plus 45 to the Rangers plus 20. I mean, Carolina is better, and we'll see what happens tonight. Number three with a bullet is Colorado. I mean, I, I think they're the best team in the National Hockey League, and that will show through. They've won five in a row, 9-0-1 in their last 10. Just an amazing run for the Avalanche, uh, even without the goaltending being spectacular, with a healthy now Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen, uh, they're just a terrific team. Number two, I'm still going to give you the defending champion, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They've won four in a row, 6-3-1 and one over la their last 10. Kucherov is back. They played more games than anybody in that division, but still, they're the defending champs. They get the nod. And back to number one, the Florida Panthers, who are 8-1-1 one one in their last 10, and they're really putting together. They put up uh, major goals last week where they were like averaging six goals a game. They've got a plus 49 goal differential, which is – the best in the National Hockey League, even better than Carolina. Still stellar at home at 21-3-0. I've got Florida as the number one team. Want to argue with me? At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. Let's uh, jump right in to Ozzy on Twitter who says, even though Holland has had success with the Wings, it feels like he's still managing as if there's no cap with some of the off-season moves. Holding on to first-round picks makes no sense to me this deep into McDavid and Dreisaitl's career. They've got to find a goaltender. I mean, you look at their blue line. I thought the acquisition of Keith was great. You love Nurse. You know what they have forward-wise. They just need to find some goaltending, and they've got to just find some other continuity. They've got to find wings that can keep up with the speed of McDavid and Dreisaitl. There's a lot of work to be done. It's not just a coaching problem in Edmonton, but eventually it falls onto that, guys, because that's the easy move to make. It is. So 
I just think that that's going to probably be the end of Tippett, but uh, we'll see if Rutherford falls under fire as well. Ryan says, do you think Pavelski would be a good acquisition for the Rangers? If not, who do you think would be a better for the roster? Now, you know, Dallas still has a chance to do something there, so I'm not sure if they're going to part ways, but Pavelski, I need to know what I'm giving up. I mean, there's guys like Pavelski. You hear Patrick Kane's name being thrown out there. Phil Kessel, I think, would be a nice ad. You don't want to bring in too much salary, and you don't want to give up on the young kids. I mean, we had a call on the Michael K. show that maybe it's time to part ways with Lafreniere and Kako. Listen, they've had a very rough start to their careers, right? Lafreniere played, you know, didn't even play a full NHL season last year because of COVID. Uh, no preseason games. This year, limited preseason, you know, uh, so this is kind of his first year. Kako's third year, his first year ended in a bubble. Didn't get to finish the 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 full the full season. Then in his second year, same thing with Lafreniere, limited camp, uh, shortened season, and now has been given the task of playing on the number one line. I think has done a pretty decent job here in the first half of the season. I don't want to part ways with those guys. Now they do have an excess of defensemen. Braden Schneider coming in here does allow you to maybe think about you know making a move of, of, of trading. You know, obviously Libor Hayek who's not playing. Nils Lindgren has been sent to Hartford. Reunion is down there. They've got other young defensemen that they can part with. Eventually, they all can't play. I mean, the thing the Rangers are going through right now is they're so young, right? Their oldest player is Ryan Reeves. Everybody else is under 30. So Jacob Trouba is the veteran on the blue line, and he's 28 years old. So you're going to be good for a while here. That's why I think it could be a slow burn for the Rangers. This isn't Henrik Lundqvist as the goaltender. Let's win him a cup now. They can afford to be patient. Now, if you can make a maintenance deal, if you think you can make a run this year and not come that much at the expense of your future, then I think a Kessel or a Pavelski could be a possibility. A Kane might be a little bit too much. Donnell says, hey, Don, what's up with the Devils' loss against the Coyotes on Wednesday? I believe it was the worst loss of their season, and no changes will not be made if at we feel like ownership, Blitzer and Harris, don't care about winning, and they have been rebuilding forever. I'm not going to make the uh, allegation that they don't care. They're also owners of the 76ers. I think they want to be successful, but there certainly isn't the pressure to win in New Jersey the way there is in other markets. This team has had a tremendous amount of success. Uh, They have their fan base that seems to be loyal no matter what, so there's not going to be the outcry from the media or the fans. There would be what's happening in Philadelphia and what's happening in Edmonton, but it still needs to be paid attention to, and you just can't rebuild on spec, right? You can't just say, oh, we're in the middle of a rebuild, so we're just going to do this forever. At some point, if it's not working, you got to make some changes, and to me, it flat out is not working. Uh, Reed says, hey, Don, why wouldn't you play a Vesna goalie against a powerhouse like Carolina? Now, let's get to that because I was going to mention this with the scoreboard tonight. Rangers taking on the Hurricanes. It's the best game on the docket considering this is a battle for first place. Four points separate the teams, and certainly nothing's going to change at the end of it with the Rangers having the four-point lead. But, you know, Carolina can creep closer and still have the same amount of games at hand at four. It's the first time these two teams have played since the bubble when Carolina swept them. All right, here, here's the thing that bothers me about it is that, yeah, you want best on best, right? You want your best goaltender to play. I don't know the inner workings of what Sturkin maybe feels tired. I mean, he did have a great game on Wednesday against the Leafs. Uh, but when you've got a game against the Coyotes coming up tomorrow, that seems like an excellent place to book Georgiev. So if you want to say, well, Georgiev hasn't played in a while, well, you know he's going to play against Arizona. And then you've got a game Monday against the Kings, um, a team that did beat you. But So you can come back with Shosturkin tonight, have Georgiev play the second of back-to-backs, and on Monday 
you could have Shostakin unless they just feel like, hey, maybe we steal one with Georgiev, and then we've got our best goaltender against the Coyotes and the Kings to maybe go on a little bit of a run here. Um, the decision usually when it comes to the Rangers is not made by the head coach. It's made by the goaltending coach, um, and uh, that's that's Gallant is going to lean certainly and one of the best goaltending coaches in the National Hockey League to make uh, that decision. So uh, I'm surprised by it. I don't I don't like it, I, but you know Georgiev has been a good goaltender. He's been hot as well. You want to get him in, and I would understand it if say the Rangers were playing on Sunday. And Monday, where there was a day off tomorrow, but you know that the backup goaltender is going to be playing one of the two games. Why have Shosturkin play against Georgiev? Unless they really want to give Shosturkin a rest and figure Georgiev plays in both games, because maybe they're rolling the dice on Georgiev being good. You get a win, and then maybe you throw Georgiev back in there, get him a couple of starts, and have Shosturkin get a little bit of a rest. But Shosturkin's coming off a of COVID protocol already, so he did get the rest. But we don't know how sick he was. There's a lot of things that go into it for sure. So um, I, I, I can't get overly crazy about it, but it, it was a little bit of a surprise. Yankee and Penguin says, hi, Don. How do you think Anthony, um, Andy Burnett has done with the Panthers so far, uh, and do you think he deserves to have the interim tag removed? I'm always used to seeing Andrew Burnett, so I was kind of thrown off by the Andy, but listen, that's a fabulous team, right? And I don't want to take anything away from the previous coaching staff for sure. Um Quinville was a Hall of Fame head coach and, and needed to go because of the circumstances, but that is a stacked team. And Burnett had been there as an assistant, so he was able to kind of just slide right back in, so that kind of made sense. But I think he's doing an absolutely outstanding job for sure. Um, Nick says, hey, Don, I moved down to Raleigh last spring. First opportunity to see the Rangers down here tonight. Should be a great game. As long as they don't cancel it, they are freaking out over a couple of inches of snow Will you be calling the game down there? No, I won't. I'll be doing the pre and post from home. But I love it down there. It's one of the best arenas. It really rocks. I'm, I'm really disappointed not getting to go to Carolina this year. And finally, Richard throws his top five in. He's got five the Lightning, four the Rangers, three the Hurricanes, two the Avalanche, and one the Panthers. Honorable mention Penguins. How'd I do? Very good. I mean, I had the Lightning in there. I had the Rangers in there. I had the Hurricanes in there. I had the Avalanche in there. And the Panthers are just uh, we can quibble on the order. Uh, and the Penguins, they deserve to be there as well. They have just been unbelievable and very dangerous. That's why the Rangers and Hurricanes have had to stay hot. That's why you worry about Washington. Washington has not been themselves lately. Although, boy, you know, I just want to say something. We've, we've praised Ovechkin on this podcast many times, and he doesn't need me to throw him roses. The guy's got more assisting goals. You know, we, we automatically say that Connor McDavid's the best player in the NHL, and I think at this stage of his career he is. But at 36 years old for Ovechkin, to have 27 goals, to have more assists than goals, to be a plus player. Uh, he is not just a goal scorer, and I think sometimes he's unfairly dubbed as that, although it's a major compliment when you call somebody the greatest goal scorer of all time, which he'll end up being because I think he will pass Gretzky. But what a year Ovechkin is having, and boy, the Capitals have needed that from him so far this year with the push they're getting from the Penguins, from the Rangers, and from the Hurricanes. Um, so we'll see if the Capitals can hold on to that top three spot in the Metropolitan Division and not have to fool around with the wild card. Although, again, we've talked about it many times. It looks like the playoffs are pretty much done because I'm not really sure outside of the Islanders, and let's give the Islanders credit, they're playing the Coyotes tonight. That should get them above 500, and they do have a lot of games in hand, but they're going to have to work really hard to get back into this thing. Right now, as we speak, the Islanders have 32 points to Boston's 48, so you're 16 points back 
with just the five games in hand. So even winning your games in hand still put you six back. So you're going to have to be better than Boston, better than Washington, better than Pittsburgh to be able to get into the playoffs. And we'll see if the Islanders can do that. But they're starting to win on a more consistent basis. Give the Coyotes credit. They had a huge win against the Devils the other night. They've been pesky. But you figure the Islanders should do their work, get their two points, get above 500, and see what they can do uh, the rest of the way. All right, let's take a look at the schedule. We mentioned the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Islanders playing host to the Coyotes. Penguins are in uh, Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets, um, of course, playing the second of back-to-backs. That's a good spot for the Penguins. Uh, Red Wings and the Stars from Detroit. Red Wings still mathematically alive. A lot of work to do against the Dallas team that had a really tough loss against Montreal. Minnesota's quieted down a little bit, but still a very good team. They'll be in Chicago to take on uh, the Blackhawks, who have gotten hot as of late. Chicago has played pretty well as they're 4-3-3 in their last 10, but they did have a five-game point streak uh, stopped the other night. So still um, out of it, but still could be pesky for Minnesota. Panthers will be in Vancouver to take on the Canucks. Canucks running out of road a little bit there. That should be a good one. The Lightning and the Ducks. And the big thing about this one, Corey Parry, I believe, returning to Anaheim for the first time because he was in Montreal last year and there was no crossover. And now he's in Tampa taking on the Ducks, so we'll return. So I'm, I'm assuming he'll get a nice reception there in Anaheim and the Blues and the Kraken. Kraken coming off a win, second of back-to-backs like the Blues in that situation for sure. All right, have a great weekend. I'll be doing pre and post uh, tonight for the Rangers and Hurricanes and tomorrow for the Coyotes and the Rangers. So I'm looking forward to that. So enjoy all your football. Enjoy your hockey. It's a big weekend. Stay warm if you're here on the east. It's like zero degrees outside. Ridiculous. So try to enjoy it. We'll talk to you again coming up on Monday. Hopefully we'll reconnect with EJ Raddick after the holiday, see how he's feeling about the second half of the season. And if you want to get in touch with me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Talk to you again on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.